uh, sermon on this uh, message here, Wealth in the Covenant. And uh, I hope to finish everything up today. And if we're not through by 12.30, I have an hour. That's wonderful. Jeez, praise the Lord. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to hold you for an hour. Try to go through quickly. But we're talking about wealth in the covenant. Wealth in, in the covenant that God has given to us. And uh, just like you, you know, I got saved in 1975. And uh, we taught all kinds of things. But especially we were made to believe that if you are going to be truly godly, I mean godly, you must have a pinto. I'm kidding. <laughs> Basically, you're not doing very well, and all we're doing is to wait until we get to heaven. And then we'll enjoy all the good things over there. So we have to suffer here. And we took the words of Jesus where Jesus said, Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness. They call blessed are the poor in spirit, specifically. Blessed are the poor in spirit to mean blessed are the poor. But he's not saying that. He's saying blessed are the poor in spirit for this is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you know in your spirit that you are poor. It's spiritual poverty. We need God to give us spiritual riches. That is in your soul where you now are connected with God. And when you have God in your life, spiritually you're rich. But God doesn't want to stop just there. He wants to go beyond that. Because Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. Not up in heaven alone, but beginning right here. Amen. Can we pray? Bow your heads. We'll pray. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you minister to us from your word today. And give us understanding. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think now I know what I was forgetting. And I had to do this. Uh, please bear with me. I'm a little scattered in my head this morning, but I've always wanted to thank this dear lady for uh, work for God. Sometimes we have people come in here and they are involved in all kinds of things, really helping with the work of God and not complaining, just doing their stuff. They are busy doing stuff. And uh, they are not few uh, warmers, they want to do work for God. And this is a lady that, to me, I feel like God has been speaking to me in my heart. We need to do something to acknowledge your work. And Gilmore, would you come up here? <laughs> I know you were not expecting this, but uh, we we really... Take note of everything that you're doing for the church. You've been a real blessing. You and your family. Your son is up there. Your, your husband always doing much to help our church. We appreciate it. And I know more than that, he appreciates it. Keep up the good works. This is a little amount of money uh, for you to go to a restaurant with your family and enjoy. But invite the pastor's family also. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> God bless you. Let me help you. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, I would have kicked myself if I had forgotten that. It's good. Thank you so much, Anne. Uh, wealth in the covenant. Wealth in the covenant. Does God really want his children wealthy? Do we run after wealth because God wants us to be wealthy? That's a mistake. If that's your goal in life, just to be wealthy, it's not about money. The blessing is not just about money. But I do believe that God wants you to have money. Money is included in the blessings of Abraham. It's a spiritual blessing, but money is also a part of it. Jesus came from heaven to deliver us from all kinds of oppression. He came to deliver us from sickness and disease. And if you believe it, God will fulfill his word in your life. 
He also came to deliver us from sin. And you can be free from the power of sin. We are constantly being tempted, you know, to do something wrong. The same way we are constantly being tempted to be sick. And we are also being tempted to be poor. Why am I saying this? Because Jesus was made sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Satan tempts us in that area. Now Jesus also was made sick for us. You can read Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10. He says God made him sick. The literal translation. Jesus was made sick for us that we might be well. And so the enemy will tempt us with sickness. The same thing, the Bible says, Jesus was made poor for us. He became poor that uh, we, through his poverty, might become rich. That's the word of God. That, that was part of his sacrificial work that he did for us. You can't accept one part and neglect the other. That's why the Bible says in the word Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Don't forget any of them. It's not only the forgiveness of sin. He's the healing of body. But it's also the satisfying of your mouth with good things. I said good things. Not spiritual things. Good things. The part that, does, that deals with iniquity, that's the spiritual part. The healing, that's your body. Good things is to make sure that God is providing for you and your family and that you are comfortable to take care of the needy. We can have needy ones among us, but when they are trained and taught in the word of God, as they follow the word, they will begin to prosper, and they will then, will, after they've been prospered, they take care of the needy that's coming among us. God says we should take care of the poor. He didn't say we, should, we ought to be the poor. We need, to be, we need to believe God's word and trust in God. We don't know how he's going to do it, but he is God. Amen? Always remind yourself, I said, there is a God. I remind myself all the time, not just scriptures. That simple scripture to me, God is. And God is a rewarder. But also remind yourself that there is a devil. Don't forget that. If there is a God, there is a devil as well. For me, I first encountered the devil... And that's what led me to God. I didn't want anything to do with him. I don't want his trouble. I can protect myself. I need God to hide him. So I ran to God. That's the true secret. I wasn't too, I wasn't too keen on being saved. I, I, was, I wanted a place to hide from the devil because I became very, it became very clear to me that there is a devil. But now I know God is. If you don't give yourself to God... You give yourself to the devil. As simple as that. If you don't totally give yourself to God, and what God saying, without knowing it, you have given yourself to the devil, your enemy. So the thing to do is totally give yourself to what God has to say. There is only one revelation of God. You can't see God face to face for him to tell you who he is like or for you to fellowship with him and say, well, I've been around God for the past 10 years. We go to, to dinner, to restaurant together. I really know him. No, the only way you can know God is from the book. And you don't pick and choose what you want to believe from the book because this is the book of God. So you take every precept. You take every ordinance. You take every instruction. If you want to be successful in life. Amen. You are not the one that's going to make yourself successful. He will make you successful. God will. If you follow the book. Then you will know how to be successful. Then according to his word. Whatever you set your hands to do. Will prosper. Whether you like it or not, if you follow God and you are truly following Him with all of your heart, you understand His word and you're not allowing the devil to steal His word from your heart, you will prosper. Whatever you set your hands to do will prosper. God will prosper it. 
Men may not like it, but they can do anything about it. And some, even if they don't like it, God can even command them to bless you. Amen. So we need to believe the gospel. The gospel is good news after Jesus died for us. The gospel, to believe the good news that Jesus came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. That's the gospel, meaning he'll take care of you. He'll take care of your children. He will meet your needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what he said. He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You can be having fun. Your enemies don't want it, but they can't do anything about it. They just have to cry while you're enjoying yourself. That's what God wants for his children. You are special to him. You are special to God. Satan would like to let you know there's something wrong with your life and you're following God, but God is not really for you. No, if you have a heart to follow God, that came from God himself. Jesus said, no one comes to me except my father draws him. So that was God. He loves you and he wants to take care of you. So we must believe the gospel. You must change the way you think. Don't think in terms of poverty. Always think I can do it. I can do it. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. Sometimes it's just good to be quiet, even when you're in doubt. I remember when we were going to buy the the land. <laughs> I was really silly then, but uh, <laughs> my wife really challenged me. It's good to have a good wife. Amen. <laughs> we were going to buy the land. And uh, my wife was saying, we got to buy this land, and it costs so much. And I said, wow, I, I mean, you know how much payment that's going to be a month? And she, she said, but you are the one that's always preaching faith. But why don't you go on with faith now? I said, oh, Lord, yeah, give me back my message. <laughs> and in defense, I knew I was on the wrong path, but I got to defend myself, Amen. In defense, I said, well, there is faith, there is foolishness, and there's presumption. (laughs) And I don't want to presume. Amen. But then I started thinking about it. I started saying, well, well, God, and I started talking to God about it. After praying for a while, uh, the payment was becoming smaller and smaller in my eyes. And finally, I agreed with my wife, we can do it. We bought the land. Amen. And we've been making payments ever since. And we're paying over what the payment, not probably a few months after we got the payments, we were paying way over the amount they asked for. God was meeting our needs. So we must change the way we think. Change the way you talk. Avoid people that are always talking about impossibilities. We can't do it. Where are you going to get the money to do that? You can't do that. Where did that, where did that come from? Just avoid them. If God has placed it in your heart, amen? If God has placed it in your heart, he's not asking you to come up with the resources. Just step on. Sometimes you don't see the miracle until you get to the Red Sea. You're standing right there at the brink. That's when the miracle takes place. And that's when God is going to show up. So we must believe and walk. Walk a different walk. Don't walk hanging your head down like everything is against me. I never walked in my family. I can never achieve anything. This is, this is not a positive thinking, teaching. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things, meaning all things. That includes buying this car if I want to. If that's what I feel like I need to have. God can help me get all of that. How? I don't know and I don't care. It's up to him. I can trust him for him. The Bible says, if you can only believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So you carry yourself, you are a prince. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, he, God, has made us kings and priests. You are a king. Whether you know it or not, God made you that. That's the truth. Has nothing to do about how you feel. God has made you as a child, a king and a priest. And kings walk like kings, right? Walk like a king. And trust in your God because God is. God is. When it doesn't make sense, you go to God and tell him, God, I know you are there. 
The world may not believe in you, but I do. I know you're there. And I know you're going to help me out of this problem. And he will. He will. He never fails. So we must believe that. We must make his kingdom number one. We must focus on blessing people. Not the money thing. Like I was telling my children, money is not the blessing. That's not blessing. It's money plus the other things that God is adding to it. So we have all of it. Make God's kingdom number one. Ask for your inheritance. Ask for what you want. Dream about it and go ask the Lord. Jesus said you, you don't have because you, you've not received anything because up till now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask that you might receive that your joy might be full. Now James said you don't have because you didn't ask. So God wants you to ask. Ask for your inheritance. The prodigal son asked for inheritance. His inheritance. And the father didn't refuse. Also, you must sow seeds. What that means is not that you have to go to a land and begin to clear the ground because you want to plant corn. What that means in the New Testament, give money. What you give is what you get. If you give love, you'll receive love. If you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. If you're hard with people, they will avoid you. They'll be hard with you. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. There's no doubt about it. If you sow mercy, you will definitely obtain mercy. If you sow love, you will obtain love as well. What you sow is what you reap. Every seed according to its kind. That's what it is. According to his kind. If you want money, sow money. In other words, give money. Give money. We really need to understand this. The way to prosperity, uh, the way God has set the universe, just like the law of gravity, the way to really prosper is through giving. And it works for everyone. I've seen this work with unbelievers. This thing works. And what the enemy wants to do is to deceive you, make you feel like this is not something you want to be involved in, because look at your situation. If you give that out, he's, uh, what are you going to do after that? You will have less, and then you can't can meet your needs. That's what he wants you to believe. And as long as you are operating in fear, you are not operating in faith, you can never get to where God wants you to get to. You know, giving will get God's attention very quickly. Very quickly. You know, you can read in the scriptures, Jesus was ministering in, in the treasury. That's what they call the court of the women. That's where you can minister. And, and, and that's where you can bring your offering. They have a place there where you can take your offering. And Jesus was ministering and something was about to happen. A woman had this, just all she had. And Jesus stopped everything. That's God. He stopped everything that he was doing. He wanted to get the satisfaction of this woman putting those two pennies or so in that bucket. He stopped everything and stayed and was watching. I, 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 <laughs> one day I pray that God, Jesus will appear before these things and watch what you, what you put in there. After you put it, he takes the envelope and opens it to find out what you put in there. Many of us will give more. If Jesus was watching everything that you put in there, I'll change the check quickly. <laughs> but that's what Jesus did. He watched it, watched what was going on as people were putting their money, a lot of money. And when that woman put everything she had, he was satisfied. He got his satisfaction. He turned around. He wasn't interested anymore. Walked away and said, that woman gave more than the rest of them. He got his attention. Your giving can get God's attention. God says this word, and I said this last Sunday. He says, let him, Ephesians 4 verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So God is saying, this year is a thief, and he's stealing. God knows the only reason why he's stealing is because he doesn't have money. 
His, his needs have to be met. And here is a Christian, he has no money, and he, he can't meet his needs, so he's stealing. And God says, stop stealing, go and get a job. Get a job, work. And you think God will say, work so that you can stop stealing, and you have enough money to meet your needs. But that's not what God was saying to him. He said, thank you, Greg. God is saying, I want you to work so that you can have money to give to somebody who is in need. It just doesn't make sense. I have no money. You want me to go out and work so that I can have money. And instead of keeping the money, you want me to give it away? That doesn't make sense. But what God is saying to the man who was a thief, he's saying, if you want to really make it in life, work so you can have seed to give. And that giving is what's going to set you up in life. Amen. That's what he was saying. Your giving is what's going to set you up. What you sow is what you reap. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, then you reap bountifully. That's what the word of God says. We don't seem to get it. This is it. And Satan is constantly putting fear in our hearts so we don't obey what God wants us to do. Because if you sow, you will definitely reap. That's why God sowed his son. So that he can have the rest of every one of us sitting here today. Because Jesus said, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. He abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and dies, then he bears more fruit. Here we are. Because God gave his son. It's a principle that will always work. God gives you money so you can give. It's just as simple as that. If your idea is to keep the money and for your retirement and all of that, stack them up, guess what Jesus said? Fool. You fool. Tonight, you're coming back home. Who will that money belong to them? You're fool. He says to have it, spread it out. And then you have more. To spread out. And you spread it out. And then you have more. Again, to spread out. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's a principle from God's word. So God gives you money to give. And if you give, and, I'm, and you know, I feel very free here. I'm not telling you to give to the Ark Fellowship. You can give. I don't depend on the people in the Ark Fellowship, those I'm talking on now, uh, to now, to, to, to get the things for the Ark Fellowship. Yes, God will put it through you. But when I need money for the Ark Fellowship, guess who I go to? I go to Him. Week before, I was asking the Lord for a specific amount. I do that. And that was for last week. I asked for a specific amount. Based on everything that I know from our finances. Oh God help me. That's a big amount to ask for. Don't know how he's going to do it. Where it's going to come from. And then the week I, I checked it out. And it was. I didn't even. I forgotten I asked God for it. You understand I forgot. I checked it out. Yeah that was. Oh wow that's wonderful. I walked away from it. And the Lord reminded me. You remember you asked for that amount? He did. He gave me that and a little bit over. Amen. It's happened many times here. I talked to him. So it's not about you giving, giving to the Ark Fellowship. If you don't give it to other ministries, please. But give. Give. Because that's how you can get your inheritance. Until you give, God cannot give back to you. See, God must, can only take what you give to him. And then he give it back to you. It's always been that way. He'll take what you give to him. When Jesus turned the water into wine, did he just say, go to those uh, bottles there and get some wine? No. They gave him water first, right? That's all they could do. All they had to give was water. They needed something liquid, but they can change it into wine. So he, he made them give what they could give. Fill those pots with water. And they fill the pots with water. Now he says, now get your wine from it. Amen. You give him what you can. He'll take it, multiply, give it right back to you. And you can enjoy it. And he doesn't mind. Amen. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy it. That fellow with five loaves of bread, you know. You respect Jesus. He's the son of God. He can do anything. Is that not what we believe? He just stretches his hand out. Father, need bread. And it's bread. 
No. Magic. He says, what do you have? Good question. What do you have? Give me what you have and I'll do something with it. Amen. Amen. Until you give him what you have, no miracles for you. You give him what you have. So they brought five loaves of bread to him. And he took, when he gets into the master's hand, it changes. That's why the Hebrews tells us, here we give tithes to men that die. Here on earth. But there, you know, when you give your tithe, he's talking about him. He takes the tithe. Even though you're bringing it in here, he's, he gets it. He puts his hands on it. You can never lack. When you struggle with tithe, you are destroying your own life. For me, you can even tell me I don't pay my tithe. It won't bother me. You, you have more problems. I, I'm not the one to deal with it. It doesn't bother me. The church will have the needs met. Keep your tithe. I'm not depending on you. That's why I'm free. Whether you're rich, you're not rich, God is going to take care of the ark fellowship. If this is his church, he'll take care of it. I know that without a doubt. So I'm not, this is not about you giving. This is for us to be blessed as a church. Amen. So that we can do the work God has called us to do. We need to believe the gospel, please. We need to believe the word of God. He took that, those loaves of bread, multiplied, bro- broke it, gave it back to them. Fed 5,000. How many baskets left? 12. I believe it was the boy that took the 12 baskets home. And Jesus sent, sent some of the guys, help him take the bread home. And as he walks back home, he's getting home. Mama, mama, come see. Say, what's going on? What are these baskets for? Say, I got them. They are miracle bread. Amen. Where did you get them from? He said, you know, you gave me five loaves. I gave it to the master. And guess what? I got 12. We can eat. And believe me, we're not just eating ordinary bread. I'm telling you, mama, he came from heaven. Look at it. That's what happens when you give to the Lord. You got to let it go. That boy didn't know when he left home that day with those uh, 12 barley loaves. He didn't know that this was God's design to take five loaves and make a miracle that will, people will be talking about till this world ends. He didn't know that. But he was willing to let go of his lunch. Amen? Many Christians, people are holding tight to this thing and they, I'm not going to give to that preacher. Look, he's not worth it. Keep your money. Doesn't matter. But if you understand the principle of God's word, then follow through with God's word and see what God will do. Give. So God gives money to you so you can give. That's the truth. Look at in Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse ten and eleven. He says, "Now may he who supplies seed to the sower." God is the one who supplies seed to the sower. And he's talking about money. Read it in context. He's talking about money. He's not supplying you with corn so that you can go to a field to plant corn. He's also talking here about money. God is the one who gives money to the one who wants to sow money for the kingdom of God and to other lives. God gives you. That's who God is. He is the one who gives money to the sower. So you have to determine first, am I a sower or am I going to argue with God? He knows you are not a sower. He's not going to put much in your hand. You see, God is the one who gives uh, seed, money to the sower and bread for food. That's, that's who he is. He will supply and multiply the money you have sown. I change the word from seed because we're always thinking corn. If you don't, I do. <laughs> I have to straighten my head here. He's talking about money. He says he will, he will multiply what he, the money he's given to you for sowing. And then what you sow, he will multiply that as well. And these are not my words. Words from God himself. This thing is found in the scriptures. God says when you give that, He first gives it to you so you can sow. And if you are sowing, He will multiply what you need to plant. And then when you plant it, He multiplies what is already planted as well. And gives it back to you. 
We see these scriptures and then what is happening is the devil doesn't allow us to really go through with these words. We are filled with fear. We are afraid to give because I only have this. And if I give this, what am I going to do? As long as you have fear, faith is gone. And anything that is not of faith is sin. So that's the word there. (laughs) So he tells you this. While you are enriched... It says, he will increase the fruit of your righteousness, and I will focus on that. Your fruit of your righteousness. Why he multiplies what you have sown. Notice we are going to Nigeria now. Some people have sown towards that. Those that are going have really sown towards that. And then you go there. Here is an idol worshiper. He, never, he didn't know God. Now because of your giving, and because people are there, now he's worshiping God. He's now a person that belongs to the kingdom of God. He will live forever. Because of this little thing that you gave. I do know if we go to a village. Anywhere. God is going to bring people to the kingdom of God. He will. This week a friend of mine. From Nigeria is visiting here in the US. In the minister. He called me and said. Uh, You're going to Nigeria. I told him what we were going to do. Uh, you know, medicine, he's aware of that. He said, I'd like you to go with me into the river Rhine areas. That's where they don't have electricity. I'm sure Dick will know about those places. Uh, very deep in the ocean area, they have highlands, and the people are, they don't have anything. He said, if you take medicine there, and I told him, well, when the Lord leads that, we will go, because I don't feel that right now. But I do know this. If we go there, some of those idol worshippers will get saved. No doubt about it. God will bring healing. God will heal the people. We'll see miraculous healing just like he would do when we go. And people will get saved. But it's because you're giving increases the fruit of your righteousness. And then it says, while you are enriched, while you're doing this, God is enriching you in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So people will begin to thank God because of what God is doing in your life. Because God is giving. But let me read this to you from uh, the New Century Version. Verse 11. It says, He, that God, will make you rich in every way. God will make you. Who is going to make you rich? God will make you rich in every way. And you say, is that in the Bible? Yes, it's in the Bible. And it's for you. God can and will make you rich in every way. He is able to do it. How he's going to do it, I don't know. How, what time, I don't know. But he has the appointed time. I will keep sowing. Amen? Till my appointed time comes. It says, he will make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely. See, God wants you to give freely. It's what we just read. He gives to you, multiply the seed you're sowing, and he gives them back to you so that you can always give. If pastor says, we need new chairs, you'll give. Oh, yes, go. You can, have, you can have it. Let's go buy new chairs for the work of God. Well, they're going to Nigeria to minister. Oh, yeah, I'll put in some money over that, over that too. Count me on that. You can give to every good work because you know people will be saved. That's what he's saying. So that you can always give to every good work. You can give freely. And your giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. Uh, You know, your giving causes people to thank God for what God is doing. So you must sow to His kingdom. Since you know God has a secret thing going where he puts money in your hands for sowing, it's your responsibility to determine when money comes into your hand whether this is for sowing or for me to eat. Because if you eat your seed, you have no harvest. If God puts it into your hands for you to sow and you eat that seed, forget it. So I have to determine as the money comes into my hand, Is this for me to use for my family, which God wants you to? But sometimes you need to sow the seed. When a farmer plants his crop, at the end of the harvest, he he goes and he harvests his crop. Now, at that time, 
while he's harvesting, he's thinking of the following year. Now he's not going to sell everything. He's going to keep back some of his good crop to sow for the following year. Now if he eats everything, then he will either go out and buy something that he's not sure of. Especially now that we have hybrid corn. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have to be sure of what you're putting in the ground. So if you know you got the best, you want to keep part of the best for you to plant for the following year. Now if you eat everything, you don't know what's coming to you afterwards. But that's what's happening to Christians. They get this little thing and they feel like, well, I got a thousand dollars. And like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred dollars to go to the church. Wow. That's a big amount. A hundred dollars. I can go to McDonald's and feed all my kids with this. I can even upgrade that. This will even help me and my husband. Red Lobster. This hundred dollars for that preacher. But what's happening is you are being tempted. That's Satan. He knows if you let go of that, must come in. But for some reason, we're thinking this little hundred dollars is more than the nine hundred dollars that you got left. And those that have been faithful to God know that when you give that one hundred dollars, the nine hundred goes way past that one 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 thousand that you got if you keep if you kept everything. But that's what the enemy wants you to, to, to do. So, especially when things are difficult in your life. I'm speaking about money. When I'm talking about the blessings of God, it's not just money. But I'm specifically talking about money today. When you are finding, you're, you're experiencing difficulty in your life financially, that's not the time to hold back. But naturally, if you are not connected with God, that's the time you really, really want to hold back. And, and to you, it makes sense. Why should I let it go? I get all of these needs. But if you're listening to God, that is not the time to hold back. The time to sow is during famine. That's what God said, the, the way God's word is. When things are difficult, that's when to sow. And again, I feel very free to share with you about this. Because it's not to get something for the Ark Fellowship. It's for your life. You know, Paul said, I have not held anything back that was profitable to you. This is profitable, that's why I'm speaking on it. Not because we need money. Now, if you bring your tithe, we'll take it. Amen? (laughs) But that's not the reason for this. It's for your own life, for my life. I need to practice this as well. And like I said, give offering to other ministries if you feel led. I do that. I give to other ministries every month. Because I want God's blessing on my life and my family as well. I got to practice this. So determine whether God, God has given you this to sow. And he'll speak to your head something you're thinking. You see, God speaks to you in the same voice. Your voice. And the devil speaks to you in the same voice. So you can really tell. But you, if you know the word, you can tell the difference. And if you are about to, you're thinking about doing something good and you have fear, that following that, then no, God spoke and then the enemy came, came in. If you step out in faith, you have a miracle. That's just the truth. So when things are difficult for you, Genesis 26 verse 12 and uh, 12 through 14, it says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Now, there was famine in the land, real serious famine, to the point that Isaac was going to leave where he was to go to Egypt to get some, some supplies for his family and for himself. And God said, No, I want you to stay in this land where there's fam- uh, famine. So he stayed in that land. Notice God didn't tell uh, Isaac, please sow something. God just said, say. And so Isaac said, there's famine. God told me to say, 
to say, I'm still going to do what I wanted to do, he started sowing. He sowed that same year of famine. And look at what the Bible says. It says, and then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. When you obey God and you sow, God is going to bless you. The Lord blessed him. And because of God's blessing, it says in verse 13, the man began to prosper. That says, before this time, he wasn't prospering very much. But when he obeyed God and sowed in the time of famine and remained where God wanted him to be, God began to bless him and then he began to prosper. That was not the end of it. He just started. And the Bible says, and continued prospering. He continued, he was just going up. Not up, today up, down, that's not God. He continued to prosper. Until he became very prosperous. Or, the Bible said he sowed. In his time, it was grain, but in our time, it's money. According to God's word. If you're having difficulty financially, you want to break it. You can cast out all the devils you want to cast out. He just won't walk until you sow a seed. It says, it became very prosperous for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, employees. So the Philistines envied him. May God make you the envy of everyone around you. Amen? May God make you the envy because God has blessed you. If you obey him. God will bless you. Now, I want to go on to the ordinance of tithe, tithes and offering. You see, as a pastor, not, not you, but sometimes I've encountered people, they, they argue with me about tithing. It, it doesn't bother me at all. It, it really, if you talk to me and you tell me you don't believe in tithing, I'll pray, just flatly tell you, you know, don't, don't pay your tithe. Keep it. Don't worry about it. I've done that before. I've actually told people, don't, worry, don't, don't have to worry about it. It destroyed them. But they were, they, that's what they wanted. I don't argue with anyone about time. Keep it if you don't want to give it. That's your business. But I need to show you something from God's word this morning about this time. And how serious it is. Both tithe and offering. This is a scripture that most preachers go to when they talk about giving. I'll try to avoid it. <laughs> because there are other scriptures to use. But today I, I need to show you, show you something from this word, okay? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 through 9, God was saying, Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from me, from my ordinances, and have not kept them. So what does that mean? When you have gone away from my ordinances, what does the word ordinance mean? Now, the word ordinance means something regularly done because it has formally been prescribed. Something regularly done because it has formally been prescribed. And it's a religious uh, ceremony. God asks you to do it regularly. So God is saying to these people, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone, all your fathers, including yourself, you have gone away from my ordinances, the things that I ordered you to do regularly, you have gone from them and have not kept them. So what, did, what was the result of that? God says, return to me and I will return to you. What, that, what God is saying is, if you don't do that, you've walked away from me. Simple as that. When you don't pay your tithe, when you don't pay your offering, according to this word, because we're coming to that, he said, you walked away from me. Return to me, and I will return to you. If you are not keeping my ordinance, you are walking away from me, and I am also walking away from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. When you don't keep his ordinance, you are walking away from him. And your life is in true danger. Now, if a sheep walks away from the shepherd where there are lions, it's not going to be fun after a while, right? The sheep might be having fun for a little while. 
But this is what he said. God, let me go further on this. He says, but you say, in what way shall we return? Hey, God, we have not moved. We're still coming to church. What are you talking about? We're still coming to church. We're still praise, praise and worship every Sunday. What are you talking about? We didn't go anywhere from you. In what way are we to return? We haven't moved. It says, God says, now, will a man rob God? So he's going to tell them how they have walked away from him. And how he had walked away from them as well. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? Hey, nobody can steal from God. How did we? It's not possible. He said, in tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. When God has set in the church, Pastor West of Death, with that, tithes and offering, that we need to do this. If you're not doing it, what you're doing is you're doing yourself a great disservice. There may not, they, possibly nothing may happen to you for a short while. Because God is still waiting if you change your mind, he's merciful. But when he's tired of it, he takes his hand off. Now you can carry whatever comes to you, it's up to you. There's no protection anymore. He's gone. When you don't pay your tithe and you're not giving the offering, you walked away from God. You walked away from him. And he has walked away from you. If you change your mind today and you decide to pay your tithe and you decide to give the offering, then he, you're returning back to him. You're now keeping his ordinance. He said, you have walked away from my ordinance. You walked away from me. Let's put these things together in our head. Because things may happen to us and to our children and we can't do anything and we don't know why. And we keep blaming other people for our troubles. You cursed it. As simple as it, as it is, to pay your time. Many families argue and fight. You make the money, but it's like having holes in your pocket. You wouldn't go in nowhere. You wouldn't go very far. If you, you know, sometimes God can even allow you to climb up where you are enjoying yourself and get used to enjoying yourself and having plenty. He pulls the rug. And you can pay, you, you're losing everything. And I'm not trying to say anything to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to help. You and myself. I made up my mind. I, I pay my tithes. I do that. I will never go away from that. Because God has said that. So you need to do that. That's the place to start. What you're doing when you pay your tithe, He's saying to God, Now Lord, you are my help. I'm not depending on my ability. I'm not depending on my job. I'm not depending on myself. I'm depending on you. You are my shepherd. And I'm saying this by giving you what you demanded in the covenant. This is my own part. We are in covenant. And you are the, the wealthier one in this covenant. You supply my needs. That's when you can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's when you can say it. He'll never let you go. Anything that comes against your finances, he comes against. Because you're doing, you're giving to him. He multiplies it and he's giving it back to you. And something's going to come to steal from it. He rebukes it. Get out of the way. So my word can work in my child's life. He's following me. That's why the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. There is good in the land. But until you are willing. Sometimes giving is what tells God you are willing. God is a show me God. He doesn't experience it until it's done. That's why Jesus was standing by that place. Watching them as they put their money in. And when that man, that lady put the money in there. And he was satisfied. He's experienced it. He said, I have my phone. This is great. This is wonderful. He said, and he walked away. I like him to brag on me. Amen. <laughs> I like him to brag on me. And I believe you want that too. So we need to give. That's the important thing. Now the, the eighth thing to do is refuse to be anxious. When you're giving, don't be anxious. Believe God. Don't worry about anything. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry. There's a key word here that I want you to know. It says, therefore, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 
For all, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows. Say with me, the Father knows. Yes. Your heavenly Father knows. When you are in good relationship with God, amen, and you have need for clothes, need for a new car, need for your children's education, you have need. Hey, the Bible says, your heavenly Father can you say it with me? He knows. He's not just going to know and say, well, I know, I understand. No, he's going to take care of it. That's what Jesus said. Don't worry about it. If you must worry, <laughs> then don't pray. Amen? Amen? All you need to do is give it to him. He knows. So refuse to, be, to worry. I, if, uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known, made known to God. So don't worry. God doesn't like worrying. He doesn't like worrying. If you worry, you've shut God out. He doesn't want you to worry about anything. Many times, and we are, norm, we are humans, many times I hear of things and I'm very concerned. That's a spiritual word concerned. That means worry, okay? But I immediately look for a place to deal with God about it. And I won't quit until I cease from worrying about it. So we must not worry. We'll let God know. Secondly, or, or the ninth thing I should say, put patience to work. Be patient. When you start giving today, things may not change overnight. You know why? God may be trying to see if you will be consistent, if you will quit. He has a big price on faithfulness. Amen? He may not do anything for a whole year, especially depending on your past, because he wants to see if you will do something. I mean, that's just me saying for a whole year. He may not, but he may choose to do something depending on your heart. But be patient and don't quit doing what you're doing. Be patient because he's going to come through if you don't quit let me read this scripture with, for you you know in Luke chapter 8 verse 15 it says but the one that fell on the good ground and are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it they kept the word and bear fruit with what with patience when you bear fruit it's got to come with patience let patience have a perfect way that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. So patience needs to be there. It's not a slot machine where you put it in and then it's coming back out. No, you put it in and you keep doing it, trusting in God. And God has an appointed time. When that day comes, heaven open. And the blessings pour down. Lastly, do not complain. <laughs> but be thankful don't complain pastor said to give and I have been given a gift to that ministry a gift to the other ministry and all this stuff pastor has been saying and, and I've done all of that it's not working you're complaining you said it's not working so it won't work so cease from complaining God doesn't like complaining at all Read about the children of Israel in the wilderness. He hates that thing. God really, I mean, you drive God up the wall when you complain. I mean, he gets very mad. He told Moses one time, he said, get out of the way, I'll kill all of them. Because they were complaining. God said, get out of my way, just release me now, Moses. Just don't hold me back. I'll kill all of them. Because they were complaining. He hates complaining. And many times, you know, if you're a believer, don't stay around people who are complaining a lot. Just don't go around them. They'll get you into trouble. I'm telling you, they'll get you. They complain about anything. They, oh, why is, why is this happening? And why is Pastor Wendy doing that? Why did this? And why is that? Well, I won't say Pastor, good luck, but you know, Pastor Wendy is good. No. <laughs> <laughs> How come he let Pastor West? Uh -huh. Yeah. God doesn't like it. You see, that will block all your blessing. You put a curse on your head when you start doing that. What God wants from you is thankfulness, gratitude. 
spend that time. If you thank God for something, it's coming your way. I'm telling you, it's coming your way. If you thank God, even before you see it, it's coming your way. Angela and I, we are very thankful for our children. Amen. We thank God for them. I have determined not to make them PK kids. Because we, Angela and I didn't start up as a PK, <laughs> PK kids uh, thing. We are not pastors. We just became pastors. And we don't want our kids to be PK kids because you know what they say about PK kids, right? That's very scary. <laughs> I like it, Pastor. <laughs> so we don't want our kids to be PK kids. So we don't drive them. But we are very thankful to God for them. Amen? We pray to the Lord and we are determining their future on our knees. Amen? And we are thanking God for their future. Are they wild sometimes? Yes, they argue sometimes and they fight a lot at home, you know? <laughs> and drive us off the wall when they get rid of them. <laughs> but we are very thankful for them. Amen? We believe we got the best. Are they the best? That's our own opinion, okay? That's our own. We feel they are the best. And we brag on them. We're thankful to God. I especially come almost weeping before the Lord and thanking God for my kids. I'm very glad. I don't know what's going to be with them when they grow old, but it's going to be good. I know that. So I'm thankful. What you are thankful for, you will get. When you praise God for it, you will get it. Remember Hannah? She thanked God. Amen? She was grateful. And then the miracle came. So be thankful. Be very thankful for everything that God is doing for you. Rejoice. Thank God. And give Him praise for everything that He's done. Even the little things. You know, if you ask for... Uh, I've done that. I asked God for like 5,000 in those days. And 3,000 will come. <laughs> And then be very practical, which I go back to God. I say, God, I'm very thankful for these 3,000. But uh, you forgot the remaining 2,000. <laughs> Amen. I need my 2,000. And then the following week, he does more than what I'm asking for the next week. So he makes up for it. Let me tell you something. God is. You can trust him. Many of us have not tried him. He said, prove me. Many of us have not proved him. I was telling my kids this morning. That's how we were arguing. And they talk about riches. Uh, a very well-known minister in Nigeria. Well-respected. He said he is the richest man in the whole world. Pastor Adeboye. If some of you know and uh, he would say, hey, what? You are not the richest man, but he's well respected all over the world. They have a church, I believe, in Houston here, a few of them, and in Dallas. He said, I know people won't believe that. He said, but I know because I follow God, I'm loved. He said, if I get on the pulpit and tell my congregation, millions of them, my shoes are getting old and I don't. I really need some new uh, shoes. He said, I will have a thousand shoes sent to me. <laughs> People will be sending shoes from all over the world. So he said, I'm the richest. I don't have it, but I'm very wealthy. All I have to do is say it. Yeah. When you follow God, you're blessed. I know of a minister in, in California. He had, and I'm going to close with this. <coughs> Excuse me. How God can bless you if you serve him. Even when it doesn't make sense. And you don't know how he's going to bless you. He said some of, uh, somebody from his congregation bought a Bentley. You know a Bentley? Oh, he, he's, that's higher than the Rolls Royce. And they said, hey pastor, you know, come let me show you my new ride. And so he went in with this guy and he got in the car. And he drove the car, the Bentley. And he said, whoo. That was a great car. It was beautiful. No noise. And, you see his, his, and then he asked the fellow, how much, how much did you buy this? And the guy told him maybe $300,000, $500,000. He said, no car in the world is worth that money. I'm not buying anything like that. Yeah. 
God forbid. What will I buy? Put that kind of money for the car? You got to be crazy. I don't need anything like that. But the word went out among his children all over the United States that pastor really likes the Bentley, but he doesn't want to buy <laughs> Guess what they did? From Houston all over the country, his children in the Lord, grown, having their own ministries, they put their whole money together and bought him the Bentley for his birthday. Amen. God can bless you if you give everything to him. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? All right, all right. <laughs> Angela, come be quiet. God is good. Amen. Amen. You can trust God and God is faithful. How many will give? When God tells you to. The most important thing is like Paul said, they first gave themselves to us. And then they gave to the work. The first thing you want to do is give yourself totally to God. Some of us are holding back in certain areas and God knows it. You know everything is not well between you and your God. But you want to make that right between you and God this morning. And that's important to you. You really cannot get into this blessing unless you have made everything right with God. And once you make that right with God, then you can take the next step as you climb to the summit where God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here and you're saying... Look, everything is not right with me and God. I, I, I want to serve God. I've tried in the past, but I, am, I feel like I'm failing God right now. And I really want to get back to serving God with all of my heart. I want to come to Him with everything that I have. I'm not going to hold back anymore. Every eyes closed. Heads bowed. You're that person and you're saying, Jesus... Today, I want you fully into my life. I'm holding nothing back. And you want Jesus in your life. Fully. Would you raise your hand up right now? Let me see your hand. Thank you. Don't hesitate. You're here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You raise up your hand. I'd like you to join me here. Join me. Come on. Come on. Come on. I see you. Come. Come on. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Some of you are sitting back there. You're standing back there. And God, something inside you is telling you, you ought to be here. Guess who is speaking to you? That's God's voice to you. You need to come up. I'd like, to, I'd like you to close your eyes again. Bow your heads. If you're here and you know you ought to be here, don't be ashamed. Please join me. This may be a defining moment in your life. Amen? Come and join us. Come and join us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you time. You know all is not well. Or some of you, you've already received Christ into your life, like my brother Gabe here, but you want to go deeper with God. That's why he's here. That's what you want. Would you join me, please? That's what you want for your life. You want to go deeper with God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Say with me this morning, those of you standing here with me, Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you. I'm not holding back. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to go deeper. By your grace, I will be obedient. I'll do your work. Excuse me. And I love you. Lord Jesus, enable me to live a life that's pleasing before your eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you.
Now, uh, I feel led to do this. If you're sick in the body, please come up. Because I believe God wants to heal you. Before we close, if you're sick, if you're sick in the body, please come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer partners, I need you to come. If you're sick, please come up. The Lord will heal. Adaramala, come on. Pastor Wes, Christy, Angela. Miss Annie Jackson, please. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> let me tell you something. God is a healer. And God heals. All we have to do is believe him. And stay firm. Don't look to the symptoms. After you've been anointed, Jesus was clear. He says, anoint them with oil and they will be healed. God said that in his word. So what we want to do is anoint you with oil and pray for you this morning. When you leave here, start looking for your healing. It's done and don't go back in your mind. Trust God. Thank you, Lord. Receive your healing this morning as they pray for you. Please, prayer partners, pray, pray for those who are sick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat>